angels that the world was subjected to, who was it? Let's continue. It has been testified somewhere. What is man? What is man that you are mindful of him? Man. The world was originally subjected to mankind. What is man that you are mindful of him, or the son of man that you care for him? You made him for a little while lower than the angels. You have crowned him with glory and honor, putting everything in subjection under his feet. Originally, man had a great job. And that job was to tend the earth, to be responsible for all of God's creation. In fact, it says back in, in Genesis uh, chapter 1, verse 26, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them, it's man and woman, Adam and Eve, let them have dominion. They were in control. They were in control. But then something happened. Let's continue in verse 8. Now in putting everything in subjection to him, he left nothing outside his control. At present, at present we do not yet see everything in subjection to him. What happened? What happened to the plan? Sin. Mankind brought sin into the picture and we lost control. We lost control of all of it. Man gave up control to Satan. Now, let me make it very clear. In all of this, God never lost control actually. God has always been in control. Psalm chapter 24, verse 1, The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and those who dwell therein. Yes, God is ultimately in control. But for a little while, we have allowed Satan to plant his seed and to take over. It's like planting a garden, and, and the garden is perfect. But then we allowed Satan to come in and plant weeds, messing up the garden, destroying what God had created. Ephesians 1:11, "In him we have attained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him." who works in all things according to the counsel of His will. God's will is still in effect. Don't, don't take me wrong here. God's will is still in effect, but we have allowed Satan too much control. God never lost control, but we did. And in so doing, we became slaves to Satan and we can just turn on the news on TV and see all of the evil that's taking part in our world today. Why? It's because we have allowed it. We have allowed Satan to control us. But verse 9, 
Verse 9 starts with one of my favorite words. Three letters, but. In contrast to what we have allowed the devil to do, but we see him who for a little while was made lower than the angels. Now we're talking about Jesus. Namely, Jesus, crowned with glory and honor because of the suffering of death. He was crowned with glory and honor because he went through that death on the cross because of that, so that by the grace of God he might taste death for everyone. Jesus tasted death so that we can have control back. He tasted death so that we don't have to be dominated by sin anymore. So you say you want to be great? If you want to find real significance in life, then don't look to yourself. Look to Jesus, who became a man, who became a man and died on that cross for you and for me. Pay attention to Jesus. In chapter 1, in chapter 1, the writer here of Hebrews, he urges us to pay attention to Jesus. Why? Because Jesus is fully God. He's higher than the angels. But then in chapter 2, he says, I want you to pay attention to Jesus. Why? Because he made himself lower than the angels for just a little while so that we could lay claim to be sons of God. Jesus became one of us so that we could become His, His younger brothers and sisters. Because He is our older brother. You see, as a man, Jesus never submitted to Satan in the way that we did. He never lost control. So as a man, Jesus elevates all of us who obeys his will and becomes a Christian. Who is really significant in life today? Is it politicians? No. Movie stars? No. Athletes? No. It's Christians. Real, true significance is found in Jesus. He is the source. You see, when you submit to Christ, you regain your position. Because you're no longer slaves to sin. No, you are now a child of God. The cross of Jesus led him to a crown, and the cross of Jesus will lead us to a heavenly crown. One believer in Jesus who has spent her entire life in a wheelchair said this, A wheelchair may confine a body that is wasting away, but no wheelchair can, can confine the soul. The soul that is inwardly renewed day by day. For paralyzed people can walk with the Lord. Speechless people can talk with the Almighty. Sightless people can see Jesus. Deaf people can hear the word of God. Amen.
It doesn't matter how frail, how fragile, how weak we may be. We are mighty in the Lord. That's what it means to be a Christian. No matter how small we may feel, no matter how insignificant we may feel, we are important. If we're in a wheelchair or not, we are important. So look to Jesus. So look to Jesus who became one of us if you want to find any real significance in life. More than that, Jesus became one of us so he could be our complete, perfect Savior. Look at verse 10. The verse that Drew read. For it was fitting that he for whom and by whom all things exist in bringing many sons to glory should make the founder of their salvation what? Perfect through suffering. Is that saying that Jesus wasn't perfect? No, that's not, that's not what it's saying. It's what it's saying is he is complete. In coming to earth, he completed what was needed. It had to be the perfect sacrifice on that cross. An animal sacrifice just wasn't enough. He was the only one that could pay that price. He completed our salvation. He made our salvation perfect. He cannot be our Savior unless He had become one of us. Many of you will recognize this actor, Kevin Bacon. That's a picture from the movie Footloose. His son uh, finally got to see the movie, and he said, Dad, remember that scene when you're swinging from the rafters? How did you do that? Kevin Bacon said, um, that was a stunt double. Oh, okay. Well, then the, the son said, well, remember, Dad, when you were doing all those flips and all that? That was amazing. I've never seen you do anything like that. How did you do that? That was a stunt double. To which the son said, well, exactly what did you do in the movie? Kevin Bacon said, I just received all the glory. You know, that's true for all of us. Jesus did all the hard things. Jesus did the things that we could not do. Jesus handled the tasks that were impossible for us. And we receive the glory. We receive that opportunity through our obedience to be that child of God. We receive through our faithful life as a Christian that crown of life in the hereafter. So if you want to find any real significance in life, look to Jesus who became a man, then trust Jesus. Trust Jesus with your life. He's the one who became lower to lift you up. Trust is something that we really have difficulty with, isn't it? Because we want to trust our own abilities. We want to trust our own strength. We want to trust what we can do. It's hard to step out in faith. But we need that faith. We need that faith like that little child 
Have you ever seen a little child, maybe a, a child is uh, uh, bouncing on the bed, okay? And then the parent walks in, and what does that child do? That child jumps and says, Daddy, catch me. Not once does that child say, Now, Dad, are you going to catch me? Dad, can I trust you? Uh, I don't know about this, Dad. Now, get a little closer now. Uh, I don't think you're... Uh, get a little closer. Is your arms big enough? Do you have enough strength, Dad? The child doesn't do that. The child just automatically jumps because that child trusts in that parent. We need to have that same kind of trust. Rely on the Lord who humbled himself to exalt you. Look at verses 11, 12, and 13. Verse 11 and 12, 12 is actually a quote from Psalm 22. Verse 13 is a quote from Isaiah chapter 8. All talking about the Savior. The one that was predicted. The ones that the prophets had written about. Jesus is the one that we can trust. Now, verse 13 and again, I will put my trust in him. And again, behold, I and the children God has given me. Do you trust God? Are you willing to really trust him? You know, we have a, a crisis going on in our world today. What does the world need? The world needs Jesus. The world needs Jesus. They just don't realize it. Trust in God. When Jesus became one of us, He set us apart. He sanctified. That's what the word means, sanctified. It means set apart. He set us apart as His younger siblings. I want to show you a picture here. Now, you're all going to recognize number 23. Very famous basketball player, Michael Jordan. You probably don't recognize the guy next to him. Because he never was a great basketball player. But one night in the 1990 playoffs, these two players combined for 70 points. They did. But now I guess I need to tell you that uh, Michael Jordan scored 69 of them. Stacey King scored one. But together they scored 70. It's not because of what we have done. We don't even contribute one point. It's because of what He has done. We don't deserve it. We don't merit it. We don't, it's, God doesn't owe it to us. It's because of what Jesus did for you and for me. If we want to find any significance in life, trust Jesus with your life. The one who gave it up all to come to our earth, to live, to die, and to be resurrected. Jesus made us his teammates, and he's carrying the load. All we got to do is just grab the glory. More than that, when Jesus became one of us, he set us free from Satan. One of Satan's biggest, biggest things that he uses against us. 
is death, the fear of death. You know, you got to live your life. You got to grab all that gusto because, you know, life, you're going to be dead pretty soon. So just do it. You're only going to be here for a short while. Seek pleasure. Do what you want to. That's what the devil says. But we don't have to listen to him at all. Verse 14. Since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise partook of the same things that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death. Who's that? That is the devil. And deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. We don't have to be afraid of him anymore. Paul said it like this, Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? It's been done away with. Jesus has claimed victory over death. Uh, a dad and his little boy were going down a country road. It was in the springtime, and uh, they had the windows down to enjoy the fresh air. And a bee flew into the truck. The little boy was definitely allergic to bees. The little boy is, you know, he's screaming, a bee, a bee. The dad just reached out with his hand, surrounded that bee, and closed his fist. Waited a few moments, then he released his fist, and the bee started buzzing around again. The little boy was crying out, Dad, 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 the bee. The dad said, look, and he extended his hand one more time, and the stinger was right there. Christ took the sting of death away. He took it for us. In the same way, Jesus took the sting of death for us on the cross. If we want to find any real significance in life, we've got to depend on Jesus and we've got to trust Him. Do you trust Jesus? Do you trust Jesus enough to obey Him? When Jesus became one of us, He also began to serve as our high priest, he offered up himself as sacrifice on the cross. Let's read verse 16. For surely it is not angels that he helps. Who is Jesus helping? He helps the offspring of Abraham. That's you and me. Let's continue. Verse 17. Therefore he had to be made like his brothers in every respect so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God to make propitiation for the sins of the people. In the Old Testament, we can narrow down the job of the high priest to really two things. One, he offered sacrifice for the sins of the people. And two, he was there to help people in times of suffering and need. That's what Jesus has done. First, he offered the ultimate sacrifice, his own life on the cross for you and for me. 
And he's there for us anytime in any need that we might have. Many years ago, back in the 1970s, a hunter who was hunting in a very desolate place in southeast Georgia, he looked up and he saw on the horizon a, a massive fire, a, a horrible fire coming his way. He started to run and quickly he realized he was not going to be able to outrun the fire. The fire was just too big. So what to do? He thought for a moment. He reached in his pocket, drew out a lighter, and he started a grass fire around him. And he let that grass fire just build around him. And pretty soon it, it covered a, about a, a hundred yards all around him. When the fire finally reached him, he had a lot of smoke. He ended up with a lot of smoke damage to his lungs. And it sure was hot, but he survived. Because the fire, the fire had already burnt around him. Here's my point. In the same way, Christ allowed himself to be burned by the fire of God's wrath against our sins for you and me so that we would not have any more condemnation. Romans chapter 8, there's therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. He paid our price for our sins and he's there to help us. Let's continue verse 18. For because he himself has suffered when tempted, he is able to help. Circle that word help. He's able to help those who are being tempted. Jesus understands completely. He understands our needs, our problems, our situations. Because he experienced them himself right here on earth. Jesus knows exactly what we're going through each day, each moment, each step. That's why he came, so that he could. You want to be great? I think we all do. We all want to leave a mark on life. We all want people to remember us. If you want to find any real significance... Look to Jesus, not yourself. Trust Him. Obey Him. He became what we are that He might make us what He is. Are you a Christian? This morning, I urge you, don't listen to me. Yeah, you heard right. Don't listen to me. Listen to Jesus. If you have one of those red letter Bibles that many of us have, all these verses are going to be in red because they are words from Jesus himself. He said to believe, repent, confess, and be baptized. Most of us here have done that. Praise be to God. But sometimes we allow sin to take our lives back over Sometimes we allow sin to dominate us again. Sometimes we allow sin to reign over us. 
We don't have to do that. We can come back. We can seek forgiveness. 1 John 1, 9, this church stands ready to pray with you. Two of our elders, Tim and Donnie, are going to be down here waiting for you to make a decision this morning. Nathan has a song that's been selected to encourage you. Listen to the words of this song and make your decision as we stand and sing for your encouragement. Amen. Uh -huh. 